Good morning. Good morning. I'm glad to be with you all this morning as we begin our Advent series. We're going to be looking at, like the video said, we're going to be talking about different songs each week. And this week, the song we're talking about is God Rest You, Merry Gentlemen, which we just sang a moment ago. And we're going to get there at the end, I promise, but we're going to take a while to, to get there. Uh, to talk about God Rest You, Merry Gentlemen, we're going to talk about the story of Mary, different Mary, not M-E-R-R-Y, M-A-R-Y. We're going to talk about the story of Mary found in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Uh, and, and what I want to do this morning is you're going to see the text as it normally appears in, in your Bibles on the screens. But I'm going to read it with a little bit of different language because I think sometimes we lose the impact of what this text is really trying to communicate. The the person of Mary in this text, it doesn't make sense because what she's being told is scary. <laughs> what she's being told is life-changing, is life-threatening given where she lives and when she lives. Uh, and, and we've kind of sanitized it over the course of 2,000 years to be this moment that we act out in children's nativity plays and we all think it's this sweet, wonderful moment of celebration. But if we really were to think about what this would look like today... It's, it's, a, it's a pretty frightening scene that Mary finds herself in, and yet she has this weird sense of joy and peace in that moment, and we're going to talk about how she gets there. That's what we're going to do this morning. So beginning in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, you'll see the words on, this, on the screens, and, and I'm going to read it, but I'm going to make a few artistic changes. In the sixth month, a doctor was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. He was an important man of good standing in his community. The virgin's name was Mary. The doctor came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The doctor said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. For you found favor with God, and now you're going to conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus, and he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him to the throne of his ancestor David. Everybody's going to know about your child. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the doctor, how can this be? Since I'm a virgin, the doctor says to Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you, and therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And now your relative, Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who is said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And then Mary said to the doctor, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the doctor left. That's the word of God for the people of God this morning. <laughs> and, and maybe you've seen that story or you've heard that story and with an angel and the mystery and the majesty and you know how the story ends and it, it just feels like such this wonderful moment. But guys... Let's not miss what this story is. It's a teenage girl engaged to be married. It's not the mayor, but a man who's of good standing. His family descends from David. He would have been an important person in town. She lives 
in small town, Middle East, 2,000 years ago. You think getting pregnant as a teenage girl today is hard? You think it's hard in Dallas, Texas? You think it's hard where I grew up in Bedford, Texas? You think it's hard in Carthage, Texas? Try being a teen mom, unwed, out of wedlock, in the Middle East, in a small town, 2,000 years ago. What the angel offers Mary would not have sounded like good news to the people hearing this story for the first time. What the angel offers Mary is news that is going to rock her world and could cost her her life. This is serious stuff. And yet Mary is able to receive this news for what it is. The best news the world has ever gotten. How is that? <laughs> How is that possible? Let's talk about that today. There's three things. You know, I love the number three. There's three things that when I hear this story of Mary receiving this news, three things become abundantly clear to me in that moment, and they are not fun truths. Do you all want some truths that taste like vinegar this morning? Who's ready for that? That's what I've been chewing on all week. So if I had to chew on it, you got to chew on it on Sunday, okay? That's how this works. There's three things I think this story makes abundantly clear to us, and they are not fun to wrestle with, and they're not fun to reconcile, but they are true, and as long as we treat them like they're not true, we're going to have a hard time in this world. But then I think there's something beautiful about Mary's response that we need to learn about and we need to lean into. And when we get difficult news, and we get news that we feel like could even be life-threatening in our lives, we could respond to it in a way like Mary does because she has this power inside of her that we need to tap into. First thing, this is vinegar, man. First thing that, 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 that slaps me inside the head when I read this story. You think you know, but you don't. That's the first truth. You think you know, but you don't. I got any know-it-alls in the room right now? Any know-it-alls? Hands high. Let me know you're there. You know, you know. You know you are. You know you're a know-it-all. That's how much of a know-it-all you are. You know. I'm a know-it-all. I know everything. Isn't that right, babe? Yeah, I know everything. Everything that's useless, that is. I've got, like a, I've got a library full of random trivia knowledge and nothing useful up here. Uh, but I'm great for trivia night at the bar. Invite me. I'm good at that. Um, you think you know, but you don't. We walk through life like we think we know what's coming, but we don't. This past week, I thought that I knew, or actually it was a couple weeks ago, but the, those of you who are on Facebook saw it this past week. I thought I knew what I was getting into with something. Um, I didn't. I thought I knew. I didn't. Y'all heard of the Pocky One Chip Challenge? Y'all heard of this? Those of you on the YouTube, I believe it's called. Uh, so it's this chip that comes in a single bag, all on its own. Looks simple enough. Uh, what you don't know, what I, well, I mean, you do what they tell you, and I thought I could handle it. Is it's coated in Carolina Reaper dust. Uh, that's the response you should have. <laughs> Carolina Reaper, in case you couldn't tell by its name is the hottest pepper we know about on the earth. I hear they're currently engineering one hotter, but I don't know why. Um, and, and so they're just going to call it Death 5000. I don't know what they're going to call the new one. But this is the Carolina Reaper. They coat this chip in it. And the challenge is you eat it, and then you try to survive. That's like the whole thing. That's all it is. 
And so our staff thought it'd be fun. We're like, hey, that looks like fun. We should do that. Didi, what were we thinking? I don't know. I thought I knew. I didn't know. You think you know, but you don't. So we ate these chips, and we did a little Advent promo to promote some of the events coming up. We thought, that'll get some views. And it has, like to the tune of like 15,000 on Facebook, because people like watching what you're about to see. This is what happens when you think you know, but you don't. Let, let's watch this together. Hi, my name is DJ. I'm the director of Web Media and Technology here at Lovers Lane United Methodist Church. Uh, you might not recognize me. I work a lot behind the scenes, but I pretty much run the place. Right, Scott? No. Okay, so today we're doing the Pocky One Chip Challenge. This is a single corn chip covered with the Carolina Reaper. Now, the Carolina Reaper is, or was up until recently, the world's hottest pepper. The challenge is to eat the chip and survive. Simple enough. So I thought, I can't do this by myself, so I invited some of our favorite staff and pastors to eat the chip with me. And what we're going to do is we're going to eat the chip and tell you what's coming up here at the church. You know, make a ministry opportunity. We might die. Yeah. yeah. Will you bury me in this chip box? <laughs> do, we, do we pull it out? Do we, do we touch do we, it? Do we touch it? Yeah, think just should. be careful what just you touch Just don't put it in your eyes, yeah. Don't put it in your eyes. Oh my god. I can I'm smell sure. it. Right already. Oh! <laughs> Are you I would put it in the highlight. I've watched so many YouTube videos about this. I'm terrified. I don't want to do that. Three, two, one. Oh my god. Oh. We can cut it out, man. Alright, Hendra. Okay. Kick off of Advent with your whole family at the. <laughs> Kick off of Advent with your whole family at our, our annual. Advent workshop. This oh, year theme is Christmas around the world. Where kids will do craft and learn about <laughs> learn about how other part of the world celebrate this season. So join us Saturday, December second, eleven a.m. to one p.m. <laughs> also, come to our pastor's advent. It keeps study. getting hotter. It's going to be featured. <laughs> In the Renew service on Wednesday evenings. Oh <laughs> the Renew service on Wednesday evenings. Hear from a different pastor from our church who will share an Advent reflection. Your turn. <laughs> Everybody's Christmas is around the corner. And we can't wait to bring a night of Christmas cheer to people in our city. Experiencing homelessness and domestic violence. You can support the night by donating a coat in November. Oh my God. God! We need 500. Shut up. Let me finish. Just visit lumt.org forward slash everybody's Christmas. Oh, my nose is running. That's filled with the oh. spirit of Christmas. For oh. annual candlelight carols concert, we'll welcome various ensembles to perform songs Ice cream of is celebration good. Ice and cream. tradition. So mark your calendars for 6 p.m. Yeah, Sunday, honey. December 17th in the sanctuary. Scott, the honey. Honey? honey? There's honey at your feet. Here, <laughs> take the honey. I can't. Oh, sorry. Oh, my gosh, it's even hot. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's so bad. 
I regret this so much. Oh, you totally regret it. DJ, you're fired. Yeah. Uh, you're, oh, oh. It's not that bad. Mm. Hey, if you want to uh, volunteer to run a camera for the live stream or make graphics and stuff, you could totally do that. Hmm. I think we just end it. Just end it. <laughs> All right. The things that we don't do to make sure y'all know about Advent events. Yes, I should have gotten more applause than that. It was not worth it. It was not worth it. Give credit to DJ Wilkerson, our webmaster. This was all his terrible idea. Uh, sometimes you think you know, but you don't. Uh, you think you know what your life has in store, but you don't. You think you understand spicy foods, but you don't. Mary thought she knew what she was doing that year, but she didn't. She thought she was going to get ready for a wedding. She wasn't. She thought she was going to be prepared to be, have this quiet, nice, idyllic sort of country life with a carpenter, stoneworker, and that's not what she was going to have. You probably thought this past year you knew it was going to happen in 2017. I'm willing to bet that didn't pan out the way you thought it would. We think we know, but we don't. Mary's story from the beginning of Luke's gospel, he slaps us upside the head and says, you think you know, but you don't. You don't know what God's story has for you. And sometimes those twists and turns, they can, they can feel really painful in the moment. If I'm hearing Mary's story at the beginning, if I'm, when that angel appears to me and says, hey, this is happening, my first reaction is, what? That does not sound like an improvement to me. That doesn't sound like my life is getting better. That sounds my life, like my life is getting really complicated really quickly. But we've got to reconcile the fact that if we're going to walk in relationship with the God of the universe and the God who wants to know us personally in our lives, we have got to realize that we don't know. We just don't know. And that's vinegar for know-it-alls like me. That's vinegar for people who like to plan ahead. You think you know what next week holds. You have no idea. You have no idea. You don't know what this afternoon holds. You don't even know what I'm going to say in the next 15 minutes. I could go wheels off. You have no clue what I'm going to do up here. You have no clue. We think we know, but we don't. I'm not going to go wheels off. We're going to have a nice Christmas sermon, by the way. Vinegar number two. This one's really going to sting. You realize? You ready for this? Not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody is going to like you. Who likes to be liked? Real quick, show a hand. Real high. Guess what? People don't like you. <laughs> I'm serious. There's over here, real hand, real high. Dustin? There's a lot of people that don't like you. It's true. It's true. Everybody in this room right now, there is somebody in the world, and here's the best part, you don't even know. You have no idea. You have no idea they can't stand you. They hate your guts. There are people in this world that hate your guts, that when you walk in the room, their body temperature drops because they can't stand you that much. No, really. I want to make this very clear. People don't like you. Like lots of them. There are, lots of, there are multiple people, probably dozens, dozens in the world. And you don't even know that they're there. You don't even know. You might not even know their name, but they think about you before they go to bed and they don't like you. I hate this truth. I'm a people pleaser. I don't like for people to like me. I like for people to like me. I love it. It's like a drug. And I have to realize, I have to wake up in the morning and realize that there are going to be days when people are simply not going to like me. And that's not a problem. That doesn't mean that I've done something wrong. Now, sometimes people don't like you because you're a jerk. And we need to come to Jesus, and we'll talk about that later, right? But you could be the nicest. There are people who don't like Mother Teresa. There's lots of them. Like, when we think of, like, who's a saint in the world? Like, Mother Teresa. There are tons of people who hate Mother Teresa. I'm dead serious. 
Like, it does not matter how good you live your life, people are not going to like you. Imagine being Mary, this sweet girl. She'd done everything her community asked of her. She lived her life the right way. She made the right decisions. And now she's about to be that girl. Have you ever been around someone who got pregnant out of wedlock? Or is that part of your story? Or have you experienced that firsthand? I have. When I was a student pastor at my former church, there was a young woman that I knew who got pregnant. Part of the church. And some of the church really embraced her. You know, I, got, I, I was proud. Some of the church really embraced her. She experienced a lot of love, but she experienced a lot of not love, too. And that was Bedford, Texas in, like, the 2000s. <laughs> Can you imagine being Mary in a small town in the Middle East, carrying a child that is not Joseph's before she's married? I mean, the penalty for that is death. Later in the Gospels, we see that Joseph has to try to find a way out of this marriage because he doesn't want her to die. That's the kind of not liking that Mary's face, and people are not always going to like you. She's carrying the Savior of the world, and Joseph's worried she's going to get killed for it. It doesn't matter how good you live your life. There are people that are not going to like you. Turn to your neighbor. They might not like you. There's probably someone in this room that doesn't like you. There's probably someone in this room that doesn't like me. I don't know why they're here. Masochists, I guess. This is a tough truth, but I know it's kind of funny, but we've got to wake up to this. Like, If we're going to be people of faith, we've got, to re- we've got to live our lives not constantly seeking the approval of the people around us. Now, again, this is not Pastor Scott giving you, li- giving you free reign to be a jerk. We ought to care about how... Yes, we ought to care about the hearts of other people. We ought, to, we ought to care about how our actions come across and how we're perceived. That does, those things do matter. But if you think that you can live a life of faith with God and that means that everyone's always going to like you forever and always, you are up a creek. The mother of God was worried about getting stoned to death. I don't think you're Mary. <laughs> I know that people aren't going to like you. And that's really hard. It's really Hard to walk away from a relationship and to know that there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. We've got to swallow that vinegar if we want to keep walking. There is good news, by the way, at the end of the sermon, I promise. We're going to swallow the vinegar first and then get to the good news. You're like, Scott, this is the most depressing sermon ever for Christmas. Vinegar number three, you can't save the world. You can't. How many of us have a savior complex? If you're streaming online and the person you're watching with has a savior complex, give them an elbow real quick. I've got a savior complex, hardcore. I want to fix everything. Oh my gosh, the best words I ever learned in my marriage was, honey, I'm sorry. And to not fix it after that. Like, that's free, that's free. That's just free, not even a sermon. Take that into your, into your relationships. If you're a fix it, just, honey, I'm sorry, boom. I just saved you like eight years of counseling right there, right there. Honey, I'm sorry. I'm a fix it, I'm a Mr. Fix it. I imagine there's lots of fix it's in the room. You probably look at the world around you and you see a world that is broken, that is hurting, that hurts, (laughs) that is wounded and also wounds. You've probably experienced that firsthand time and time again. I don't know your story, not in full, but I I am certain of that, that everybody in this room could point to different parts of this world that they know are broken, that if we could, we would fix it. You can't save the world. 
Mary, when she was visited by the angel, she probably was still bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. She probably didn't, couldn't sense of how broken the world really was. I don't know that she necessarily wanted to save the world, but I can tell you, by the end of this story, by the end of the Gospels, by the end of her time with Jesus, do you think she knew how broken the world really was? Do you think she experienced firsthand what it felt like to be judged and to be outcast? Do you think it was fun for her to raise a child in the church that she knew and loved and then to see that child get rejected by that same church in her hometown? Do you think it was great for her to see him preach and lead and and start this movement only to be castigated by the religious elites and then to have his execution overseen by the state and cheered on by the same good religious people that she'd grown up with? Do you think Mary might have had a window into just how broken this world was? I bet she did. But we can't save the world. Mary is not the savior of the world. Mother of God, and she's not the savior of the world. And this tastes like vinegar to some of us who we wake up every single day because we want to make the world a better place, and that is good. And that is commendable. If, that, if, if you see something broken in the world and your heart says, I need to fix that, I'm not saying that's wrong not saying that's wrong. In fact, that's very right. That's what the Holy Spirit leads us to do. The Holy Spirit burns that passion inside of us until we go out and we want to change the world. But what I need us to hear this morning is that you, individual, are not going to save this world. It's just not going to happen. Those huge, monumental problems that, see, that you see around you that drive you insane, guess what? You're not going to be the one to fix it all. It's just not possible. Release that from yourself. In fact, there's very few things that we're going to be able to really accomplish individually in this life all on our own. Very, very, very few things. And the things that we do accomplish, we don't do on our own. We do them empowered and inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. We think we know, but we don't. Not everybody's going to like us. And we cannot save the world. These things are made clear to Mary... (laughs) In the angel's words, he comes to her and says, I know you think you're getting married, but guess what? You're going to conceive a child. And guess what? That child's not Joseph's. And guess what? That child is the savior of the world. You think you know, but you don't. Also, this is the son of God, so literally everybody's going to know. Not everybody's going to like you. She can't go away for nine months and come back. This is the savior of the world we're talking about. Everybody's going to know. Not everybody's going to like you. Number three, Mary, before this is done, there's going to be a part of you that hates this place. There's going to be a part of you that is so brokenhearted over this world that you want nothing more than to fix it all. But guess what? You're carrying the Savior. You're not the Savior. You're carrying the Savior of the world. You can't save this world on your own. All of them bite. All of them sting. And what is Mary's response? Oh, my gosh. Here am I, the servant of the Lord Let it be with me according to your word. Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. She's at peace. God rest you, merry gentlemen. Interesting song. I'd never thought about it really until this week. Pastor Kennan picked this song this week. He said, we need to preach on God rest you, merry gentlemen. I said, okay, why? (laughs) 
I mean, it's kind of an old song. It's got weird old words in it. It's just not really my jam. You know, I'm a Michael Buble kind of guy. You know, that's my, that's my any Michael Buble Christmas album on repeat every year. Yes, my people, my people. Um, God rest you, Mary, gentlemen. He said, no, no, no. It's all about the comma. I'm thinking, okay, I was an English major. I love grammar as much as the next guy. What are you talking about? It's all about the comma. He said, yeah, in that first line, God rest you, merry gentlemen. Everyone thinks that the gentlemen are merry. God rest ye, merry gentlemen. That's how we kind of hear the song. Oh, they're happy guys. He said, no, the comma comes after the word merry. I said, okay, I got to preach on a comma? He goes, no, you're not getting it. He goes, listen, if you put the comma after the word Mary, then the rest is Mary, not the gentleman. I went, wait a second. I got to preach on this. He got me. He got me. The line is essentially saying, gentlemen, you can rest merrily because the Savior is here. It's not saying, hey, happy guys, go take a break. (laughs) It's saying, people. People, gentlemen, people, you can rest easily because the Savior of the world is here. Whoa, now it's a different song. Now I kind of like singing it. Mary can rest merrily. She can receive this news because she gets to the end and she gets to hear the good news. See, the, the angel sort of buries some of the good news. The angel would have been a bad journalist. He buries the lead, right? He says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He says he will be great, will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. My question to us this morning, you know, Mary can rest easily knowing that the Savior of the world is coming, but she had to get to that part of the news. When I read the news of the angel, when do you start to drone out? <laughs> When do you find yourself agitated and anxious and worried to where you can't rest easily? Right? When you get bad news, do you ever get that hmm in the background? Like someone says, like, I need to tell you something, and they say whatever it is, and they go wah, 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 and after that, it's just wah, 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 and you're just like processing like the one line of really bad news. I imagine this is what I would have heard the angels. Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. Do not be afraid, Scott, for you have found favor with God. I'm like, all right, I found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb. That's how far it would have gotten with me. First of all, the obvious anatomical difficulties. But how many of you would have heard the lines, you will conceive in your womb, and you never would have gotten to, he's going to be son of the most high. He's going to inherit the throne of David. He's going to save this world. Mary can rest easily because what Mary's really good at is she's good at being patient and she's good at listening. And guess what I'm terrible at? (laughs) How many of us, patience and listening are not exactly our strong suits? If they are, I guess you get an A-plus on this sermon. We'll see you next week. But for those of us who patience and listening are difficult and anxiety runs high and we hear the words, you will conceive and bear, wah, 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 wah. How many times have I stopped listening because God gave me something challenging and I didn't want to hear anything else? 
All I wanted to hear was the challenge. All I wanted to hear was the anxiety. All I wanted to hear was the difficulty. I wasn't allowing myself to hear the promise and the good and the salvation that was just round the corner if I'd only listen. And so then I can't rest. You ever been up at night and that voice is still want, 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 want in your head? Just want, want, you heard it. I'm going to conceive, want, want, and your brain's just running, want, 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 and you get no sleep. Am I the only one who feels that way? If we can quiet down, if we can listen, if we can allow the angel to finish what he's saying, if we can hear the, not just the challenge but also the promise, I firmly believe God doesn't just give us challenges for challenges' sake. God gives us challenges because there's a promise built into it. When God challenges us, there's something good that's coming out of that. God doesn't just love to see us run willy-nilly. God wants to see something born out of that. He wants to see something bless us out of that challenge, and so many of us just get stuck on the challenge. And I'm so thankful that the mother of Christ didn't get stuck on the challenge. And so this week, I need to learn from Mary. I need to learn how to listen. I need to learn how to be patient. I need to learn how to receive not just challenges, but promises too. And maybe then I can find a merry rest in Christ. Let's pray. Gracious God, how often do we turn to you looking for good news and only good news. And when that news starts out a little bit challenging, we just tune you out. We close our ears. We close our eyes. We lose ourselves in anxiety. God, this Advent season and this Christmas season Our prayer is simple. Allow us to adopt the spirit of Mary. A spirit that listens and is patient with the words of God. So that when we receive your challenges, we can receive your promises as well. God, release us of these untruths that we've learned. Wake us up to the reality that we don't know everything and not everybody is always going to like us and we can't save the world on our own. But you know everything. And so we ask you to guide our hearts and our hands. And God, you call us children. Whose approval do we need? And lastly, God, we don't need to save the world on our own because as you said on the cross, it is finished. And we meet salvation in the baby Jesus Christ. And we walk with that Jesus now. God, remind us that we are not alone in our endeavors. We are not alone in our challenges. And we will not be alone when your promises are fulfilled. All this we pray and we say in your son's name. Amen.